As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. After much ado, we're going to let this stream breathe just for a second. Thank you for bearing with us, you guys who've been hanging out in the chat stream. We hate putting you on ice like that. But welcome in to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, returned from a couple of days off from podcasting duties, my co-host, you know him, you love him, he is Zach Kelberman. And Zach, I was trying to keep our awesome listeners in the comment stream apprised of what was going on. We don't know what it was, but the mic setup that we had I don't, we, we couldn't tell if it was coming on my side or if it was on Zach's side, but when Zach spoke, it was coming through like Darth Vader, MC Darth, you know, it was like he's, it was screwy. So we had to try and troubleshoot that. We found a workaround. Here we are. Thanks for bearing with us. Zach, how you doing, bro? I'm good. My apologies, Chad. Again, my apologies, everyone out there. It's, I don't know if it's the microphone or the internet, but it was very inconvenient timing, but I'm glad we got at least a band-aid right now for this podcast. And I'm excited to jump back in, Chad. We got some more disrespect to talk about with the Broncos and, you know, kind of the same old, same old. So nice to be on with you. Nice to see our listeners again and ready to dive right in. Yeah. I mean, there's two things that I want to touch on today in terms of, I don't know if it's just national perspective disrespecting the Broncos, sleeping on the Broncos, what it is, people not paying attention. I think my suspicion is it's a little bit of everything combined. But uh, the first thing I wanted to get your thoughts on real quick, Zach, and then we'll we'll take care of a little business and then dive into what's on everybody's minds in the comment stream. The latest is today, and I hate doing this because, you know, I am Sports Illustrated. Uh, MileHighHuddle.com is the Denver Broncos individual team site for Sports Illustrated, but their national writers, their national perspective, whether it's through the MMQB or SportsIllustrated.com, they're just not digging what John Elway's, they're, they're not buying what John Elway's selling. Yeah. Today, for example, now these rankings, these power rankings came out, I think it was Thursday or Friday. Um, but Jenny Ventra, is, is, who's one of their senior analysts, she ranked the Denver Broncos in the, in the pre-draft power rankings, Zach, at 25. And let me just read this quote to you really quick, and then I want to serve this over and get your thoughts. Broncos at 25, quote, John Elway has projected notable confidence in quarterback Drew Locke, who finished the 2019 season by winning four out of his five starts. 
while that certainly doesn't mean the Broncos have finally found their replacement for Peyton Manning, as some were quick to declare, at least the QB position has not been the Broncos' consuming offseason conundrum. The addition of center uh, Graham Glasgow in free agency should help lock, but the Broncos, like many other teams, are still looking for more offensive weapons. Close quote. Zach, she ranked the Broncos 10 places below where even their record placement. I mean, they finished as the basically the, how would you say, the 16th worst? They're 15th. They're picking 15th in the draft. That's where they rank technically right now in terms of power rankings. But your thoughts? It was weird because I agree with what she's saying. I mean, her rationale about placing the Broncos there, they do need more offensive weapons, and it's all about Drew Locke. But based on what she was saying, the Broncos should have had a higher placement in their rankings. And I don't know the teams that are come above the Broncos, but I guarantee like with those Kyler Murray rankings we heard about uh, last week, Chad, it's not deserving. It's not aligning with what we see what Denver is building on a day-in, day-out basis. The national media does not keep up with that. They they don't see the the entire picture coming together. They see the old Broncos team with the old Broncos reputation, and they finally have the quarterback, but it's, oh, they don't have this. Oh, they don't have that. They, they need this. They need that. They are getting there. But to rank them uh, among the last in the league, when they finished 7-9 on a 4-1 record with Drew Locke on a, on a pretty solid momentum streak, I wouldn't put them that low, but that's what we come to expect with the national media. They have an axe to grind with Denver. It's been going back years, even predating Peyton Manning. But ever since he retired, Chad, it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And uh, the only way, though, for the narrative to flip, and I think it will, is if the Broncos flip it. If they start winning, if they start proving these doubters wrong, and the beauty part, traditionally, historically, the Broncos have thrived on this disrespect. They love being the underdog. They don't like having expectation. They like being counted out. They like proving people wrong. And that's exactly what's going to happen this season. I think you're right. I think you're right on that. I think a lot of this has to do with, you know, national perspectives don't pay a lot of attention to teams with sub 500 records. And let's face it, most national writers take a look at the Broncos, you know, sitting below 500 three years in a row they do a quick research to see what they added in free agency, and then they do a power ranking, right? That 10,000-foot view, though, it misses the real nuance and the real developments that we've witnessed and covered at the local level. Something that the national people have really missed out on, Zach, right. is that vibe and that energy that Drew Locke brings to the equation. This is not Denver Broncos trying to survive with a patchwork Joe Flacco 2019 circa or even the year before that with Case Keenum. There's a real feeling of organic momentum and enthusiasm and excitement. And this notion that the Broncos are short on weapons. Look, last I checked, they have a bona fide number one receiver. That's Cortland Sutton. He's bona fide. There's no getting around that. They have a first round tight end from last year who literally broke records. He's a record breaking tight end as a rookie. Wide receiver two, that's where you put your question mark. In the slot, you got Deshaun Hamilton, who if you solve wide receiver two, suddenly takes on a new complexion. He's It's a different animal if he's your number three. And then a one-two punch, you know, duo-headed monster, whatever you want to call it, Pro Bowl running backs. I mean, this is not an offense, Zach, lacking in weapons if you really think about it. Now, are, are they proven? No. That's probably where some of the skepticism comes in. But to say they're lacking weapons, mm, I'm not sure I really buy that. 
That's a good point, considering the offensive line as well, Chad. They have a perennial, I think, a Pro Bowl talent at left guard. They just signed Glasgow, who they got commended for. Uh, they have Juwan James, who they're banking on having a bounce-back season. Uh, aside from center and and maybe, uh, you know, the, the guard situation or the tackles, it's really not a bad offensive line either. So I tend to agree with that as well. Their offense is one player away from becoming, I'd say, average or unproven to being explosive and soon to be bona fide. They add that Henry Ruggs. They add that C.D. Lamb with the players that you just mentioned, with Drew Locke taking that next step. And that's what I'm saying. They will prove them wrong on the field. And I am excited to see it. Every national media member from the Adam Ranks to the Peter Schragers to the Jenny Ventress, they are all going to eat crow come September. You got to love that uh, confidence, Broncos country. And by the way, the uh, comment stream, unfortunately, because we were lagging so long, getting everything set up for you, it passed a couple of our awesome Super Chat superstars by. So I'm going to grab Bronx Legend, who was in there with the Super before we even went live. Appreciate you, my friend. Jumped in with a $5 donation. Then we'll take care of some business, dive back into the stream. But he says, first, happy Easter, fellas. That's a good point. We totally missed. It's Easter. Hello. Happy Easter, everybody. And hope everyone's staying safe. Is it possible that Elway and company can finesse a trade up to number eight and not give up the farm, Zach? They can do it. I, I think two third-round picks, two of their three third-round picks, I, I think can maybe get them in the conversation. And maybe a future pick, Chad, maybe a throw-in type player like Royce Freeman. Moving to number eight from 15, they wouldn't necessarily have to sell the farm. It's going to cost a lot, but it's different from moving from 15 to, let's say, five or three. That would cost future first-round picks and first-round picks this year, second-round picks. I think they can get up to nine or eight with only giving up two third-rounders and maybe an additional future pick or player. It's definitely not implausible. All right, let me see who else we might have missed really quick. Before I do that, though, some quick Quick business, guys. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the best way to stay plugged in with what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you also follow the main account. So many of you have done both, and we appreciate you, those of you who are on uh, Twitter. But that is the best way to stay plugged in with Zach and I on the go when we're not necessarily talking to you live in a podcast. That and at milehighhuddle.com. You guys want to head over there, keep the conversation going. I'm literally living on milehighhuddle.com all day long. I'm there all day reading articles, publishing articles, writing articles, uh, engaging with the community in the comments, in the comment section below and in the community section. So head on over there. That's the best way to keep this conversation going with all of us outside of these podcasts. So take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, I want to grab Ed, who's been waiting a minute, and then I know it skipped a couple people. I'm going to go back and grab him. Edward, of course, one of our superstars, jumping in, $5 super chat. Thank, Thank you, Ed. He says, you guys rock. Thanks for everything. Denver Broncos for life. <clears throat> Hashtag state of being from South Carolina. Good to see you, Ed. Hope everything's going okay. We'll grab Angela as well. Coming in from Canada, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being with a $13, $14 super. Appreciate you, Angela. Happy Easter all. Just supporting less than two weeks to, dra- to the draft. Can't wait. Hashtag state of being. And that's true, Zach. I mean, this Thursday will be one week away. It's going to be here before you know it. Thank God. I mean, we need this distraction chat so bad. We need the news. I mean, you and I can both use the page views. This is going to be a welcome change and a welcome break for the entire world, I would say. So I'm very excited. All right. Let's grab Dylan. The comment stream passed him by. Just give me one sec, Dylan. One of our longtime Super Chat superstars. Going to get him on the screen right. One more. There we go. All right, Dylan, $5 super. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate you, my brother. He says, if Drew and the Broncos want respect, they need to win their primetime games this year and not just win, but show out. And that's a fair point is, especially from the national perspective, Zach, is, you know, when the lights go on the last few years, not only have the Broncos, you know, finished sub 500, but in critical games uh, that are, televised nationally, whether it's Sunday night football, Monday night football, or Thursday night football, they end up coming well short of the mark and not just losing, but oftentimes like in the Kansas city games, especially getting blown out of the water. Right. I, I, I will, I agree with the premise of this statement, but let me amend it to say they don't have to blow out any teams. They don't have to show it'd be nice, but they don't have to, if they just stack the wins, if they beat the chiefs by one, two points on Monday night football, let's say, Everyone will notice that. It doesn't matter if you win by one or a hundred. A win is a win is a win. So, like I said, the only way they flip their own narrative is to do that themselves on the field. If they win and go 10 and 6 this year, they make the playoffs, they make some noise with Drew Locke, nobody will disrespect them again. All right, let's grab Marcos here, jumping in. Super chat, uh, $10. Appreciate that, Marco. Thank you, my friend. Happy Easter to you as well. How many interceptions will A.J. Bouye have? In 2020, Zach, it's hard to say. I mean, interceptions, let's face it, were pretty hard to come by last year in Vic Fangio's first year in the system here in Denver. Now you're weaving in a new corner who, even though the team really believes in him as a fit for this scheme, there's a lot you just don't know what to expect. But we've seen him have prolific years. I think his career high 
I'll pull it up. But I think it's if it's not six, it's four. It's one of those two. I would say it's you know if you can get over two interceptions, it's solid. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three interceptions. He's had one in uh, 2019 and 2018. So he's had two over the last two seasons. I think he will also have about two to three this year by virtue of playing in a Vic Fangio defense with the pressure the Broncos are going to generate with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Jarrell Casey. It's going to force quarterbacks into bad throws. And I think Boye and Justin Simmons will be the biggest benefactors. The Broncos I will lead or be up there in the league lead for interceptions and sacks. I fully believe this defense, Chad, will make plays this year. They're not going to just get it around the quarterback. They're not going to just have pressure on the quarterback. They're going to put them on the ground and intercept passes. I'm confident with that. All right, let's also grab one of our super chat superstars from the from the north, north of the border. You guys know him well in this community, Terry Randall. Come on now. There we go. Jumping in with a $2 super. Hey, Appreciate Terry. you, Terry. Hashtag state of being. You prove it every day, man. Every That's day. Cool. Broncos country is where you are, and we really appreciate you being here with us, my friend. Um, and then let's grab uh, Mr. Boggins, Marcus, really quick here. It uh, passed you by as well, my friend, and I apologize for that. Like I said, today was just a weird technical difficulty day for us. Um, bear with me one sec here. This thing is not wanting to cooperate with me. We're, uh, we're looking at means and ways, Broncos country, just so you know, that uh, we can maybe have some kind of a producer on with us here in the very near future that can help us with this stuff so we don't have these little mini 10-second delays when we do need to put things up on the screen and whatnot. So uh, bear with us one sec here. Side note. All right. There it is. It wants to cut him off, so I'm going to have to read this last part. But Marcus – Jumping in, $10 super. Appreciate you, my friend. This is also the guy, for those of you listening to this podcast after the fact, this is the that newer intro you've heard for the Huddle Up podcast. This is the fellow that, that put that together. Very talented and outgoing, uh, putting that together for us. We appreciate you, my friend. Very cool. Um, he says, Colin Cowherd is the only one giving us any attention, and I'm not sure that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, better than good morning football, at least. Yeah, and that's what's so weird about this, Zach. I don't know. The the predominant, like the, the national voices we were hearing initially when we were still pretty close to the season ending and that was still fresh on people's minds was positive, right? They're talking about the Broncos being a turnaround team this year, being a worst-to-first type team, you know, suddenly coming out of nowhere to compete in the playoffs. But lately, man, I don't know if it's just national perspectives not digging what John Elway did in free agency and the trades and whatnot. Although I don't know how you can not how you right. could ban the Jarrell Casey trade, a seventh right. round pick for a, pro, a perennial Pro Bowler, and even AJ Bouye, which you know fourth round picks, nothing to sneeze at, but a fourth round pick, unless that's it, what's really turned the ship? I just don't understand why the narrative has changed on a national scale. I mean, everyone knows how I think you and I both feel about the Melvin Gordon trade and to a lesser extent than Nick Vanette signing, but the Broncos and Elway killed this free agent period. I don't know how you don't love what they've done. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just a preconceived notion and, and leaning back on Elway's misses and this general consensus about the Broncos, but I don't really care what Coward has to say. I don't really care what the Adam Ranks of the world have to say. I don't care what anyone has to say. I care what the Broncos do on the field. If they win 
all of these guys will be lining up to kiss their behinds, and the Broncos shouldn't want it then. You either are with us now or don't get on the bandwagon when we start winning. And that's what they're going to start doing, Chad. They're going to flip the narrative on their own the only way they can, on the field, stacking Ws. Hey, it's just a quick little production note, but one thing to be careful of. See, this time Zach's not using his regular mic. That's the thing that we think might have been our issue pre-pod when we were trying to figure things out. But this is a message to Zach is just be careful of the rustling sound that comes through with these. It's easy to hit your collar and stuff. So just best you can. Um, Paul jumping in, $2 super. Appreciate you, Paul. Let's draft a cover linebacker. Got to stop receiving tight ends. That could be something in the works. It's just a question of, in fact, I think they will add a linebacker in the draft this year. It's just a question of when, Zach, if they end up looking at day one and day two, you got options like Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. You get into the later day two options. You got Akeem Davis Gaither. You've got Logan Wilson. Troy Dye is another option. There, there are some, you know, especially those first two, uh, first two days in the draft, there will be opportunities for this team to find a athletic kind of coverage linebacker. It'll just be interesting to see which one of these guys the Broncos really, really like. I might be in the minority, but I don't think that linebacker should come in the first round or the second round for that matter, Chad. I'd rather wait till the third to get the inside linebacker. And apparently the Broncos might draft an outside linebacker if their recent interest in Alden Smith is any indication. They don't. They made a play for him. He chose to sign with Dallas. But they have two young guys in Hollins and Reed who they might not be super high on. So they might be taking an inside linebacker and an outside linebacker later this month. Yeah, according to Cliss, by the way, on that topic of Alden Smith, the Broncos did have an interest. They did kind of put in a flyer for him, but they offered only the veteran minimum. And, of course, he took anything other than he could get than the veteran minimum. And Dallas, what was it, like $2 million they gave him for singles? Up to, up to four with incentives, yeah. It's a much better deal. But, you know, he was uh, – if he could turn the ship around anywhere at this point after his troubles in the NFL – it would be with Vic Fangio, but you know, at the same time, he hasn't been making money these last few years, so he's got to try and maximize his potential uh, for earning. Brian jumps in, $5 super, one of our super chat superstars. So consistent, Brian. We really appreciate you, my friend. Happy Easter to you. Uh, let's grab Joseph here on YouTube. What do, you, uh, what do they think Elway's going to say about his QB, Drew Locke, that he sucks? Locke is not our future. Of course, Elway is going to say Locke is our future. He's going to show positivity, which a GM should show. You know, there's some truth to that, but in the NFL, the language is money. You follow the money, you usually find out how teams really feel. They didn't pay. I mean, Jeff Driscoll is a Band-Aid guy. He's a fail-safe guy, right? He's a, oh, crap, hold on to your, you know what, we got to go with him for a game or two guy. They didn't go out and pay a big-named veteran, and they could have. There were several options out there available because they really do believe in Locke. Now, does that mean that they really are 100% sure he's the guy for the next 10 years? I don't think anyone in the building's quite there yet because, again, and this is in fairness also to the national people's act, it was a five-game sample size. However, I hate the idea that because it was five-game, you got to throw the whole thing out. He didn't. Kyler Murray started 16, so let's rank him number six, uh, NFL.com, or number 10 by uh, – SI, I can't remember who it was now. Anyway, he was the 10th ranked by SI. And 16 games compared to five, I get it. That's a big point of demarcation, Zach. But to pretend that because it was only five games, we learned nothing about Drew Locke, that's where I pick a bone. 
I agree with you. It's not all or nothing. He went four and one and he beat the Chargers and the Texans. He beat winning contending teams. It wasn't just like he beat the Dolphins and the Bengals of the world. And Elway is going to preach positivity, but unlike positivity with Joe Flacco or Case Keenum or Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon, this positivity is deserved, Chad. He went four and one. He is evidently the face of the franchise. You traded up to get him. He's everything you want in a quarterback. Yeah, he needs to show more. Yeah, he's still unproven, but he's absolutely earned to be the full-time starter for 2020. And I think he's earned the respect of the Broncos fan base and maybe even the national media who views him in that vacuum. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Buana wants to know where the Raiders placed. The Raiders were at 21, so way, well ahead of the Denver Broncos. The Chargers, let me see if I can find them real quick without bogging down the pod. I don't have it memorized. All right, 27, 26, Broncos are 25. It, there they are, 19th. They had them ranked 19th, the Chargers, so well ahead of the Denver Broncos there, which obviously – is uh, curious because their quarterback right now, anyway, is Tyrod Taylor. Oh, man, it's just one of those jumps, right? I'm clicking on Terry. All right, we'll the grab Raiders Jeff. had the same record. How are they so many spots ahead of Denver? It makes no sense. It's just that bias at play once again, Chad. Well, the Broncos did finish second in the AFC West, even though it was sub-500, nothing to write home about. I mean, they did finish second behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jeff jumps in, super chat, superstar, five bucks. Appreciate you, you, bro. Speaking of consistent, you're always there for us, and and uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. We appreciate you, bro. You guys think the Broncos still draft a running back? I think Royce Freeman is, <clears throat> excuse me, a weak link on the team. Wouldn't mind taking a running back in the late third after a corner or an offensive tackle. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Zach, 
you answer on this one first. I'm going to see where we were on the stream. If they didn't sign Melvin Gordon, I'd be all for it. And in fact, I was actually pushing for that in the third round if they didn't before they signed Melvin Gordon. But now, I mean, they have to get a quarterback. They need an inside linebacker, defensive lineman, wide receiver, offensive tackle, center. I mean, they have too many other needs. You just paid $16 million for Melvin Gordon. You have Philip Lindsay. You still have Royce Freeman. You are set at running back. I'd maybe look until the sixth or seventh rounds are undrafted to pick up a guy. Definitely not a third round investment, though. They have other bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I mean, there are some interesting backs in the class. And, you know, today, for example, Eric Trickle published his um, finding Broncos on Cam Akers, the running back from FSU. And, you know, he's such an attractive running back, and you could see how he would fit and just ball out in Denver, but it's just not a need. It's just not – and Cam Akers is going to go day two, early day two. So it's just not a need. You have to kind of bid adieu to those prospects, but – the uh, Dove Valley Deep Diver guys had uh, Coach Luke Polglaze on on Saturday, I believe it was, Saturday night, last night. And they did some deep dive on, uh, you know, later round running backs, kind of sleepers under the radar guys. So maybe fifth round and beyond, I'd be okay with that. But even then, I think this is a class the Broncos can get by with the three they have, four if you count Kalfani Muhammad, and even see what kind of comes out from roster cuts close to their season opener and stuff like that. It's just not a dire situation when it comes to making 10 potentially they have 10 picks making 10 picks and then making each one with some kind of uh projection of how that person makes the roster it's hard to see uh we'll but we'll see how it shakes out terry jumps back in two dollar super chat appreciate you terry what are your thoughts on sutton getting 1300 plus yards yes what do you think zach I think he comes in the 1,200 range, and you know what? With a big season by Drew Locke, if he defies expectations, the Broncos go 10-6, and 11-5, and five, Sutton will be the biggest benefactor of Drew Locke's success. Not Noah Fant, not the wide receiver two, not Melvin Gordon. Cortland Sutton will make the Pro Bowl this year. I've said it three months ago, but I think the yards could be 1,200 or so, maybe 8, 10, 12 touchdowns. Cortland Sutton is going to beast this year, and he's going to take that step from you know borderline household name to certified NFL star. Mark it down right now. I mean, last year he put up those crazy numbers. I mean, not a ton of touchdowns, right? Only six touchdowns. But still, the numbers he put up over 1,100 yards, 60-something receptions, whatever ended up being. I don't have it right in front of me, but that was with three different starting quarterbacks, two of which were named Joe Flacco and Brandon (laughs) Allen. So imagine what he could do with a with a full 16 game sample size catching passes from Drew Lock I like his odds of getting close to that 1300 and uh, by the way Stu jumping in from MHH Mount Rushmore $25 super awesome. chat appreciate wow. you Stu thank you so much talk to us bro happy easter out of quarantine tomorrow that's right you you uh that's right I got to be careful um I think we'll be okay on that one but <laughs> glad to hear that Stu and uh, hope your, uh, I think it was your mother-in-law, right? Yeah. I hope she's doing okay and out of the woods, but appreciate you, my friend. Happy Easter as well, Stu. Thank you. Let's grab Mark here. $10 super, a super chat. Superstar himself. Mark says, what's up, my guys? Watching this tornado warning all night. It looks like an F5 hitting the southeast just made it into Georgia. So, Chad, what's your first pick? And, Zach, what's your first pick in the 2020 draft? Well, that's uh, concerning news, Mark. I mean, that's not in my neck of the woods, so I'm out here in the Rockies, but I hope uh, you're batting down the hatches and it passes you on by. I hope everything's okay there. But my first pick, I don't know, man. It depends on how the board falls. But if I could get – and, you know, I'm not going to say Jeff Okuda. I'm not going to say Isaiah Simmons because 
those literally are wish list type guys. They're not going to be there. We're not talking about the Broncos sitting at pick five and surprise, surprise, Bradley Chubb slips to him after four teams don't take him. We're talking about pick 15, which is a hop, skip, and a jump from where they were in 2018. So the idea of a Simmons or an Okuda being there, in my mind, it's just not going to happen. So to keep it within the realm of the realistic, I'm going to say Tristan Wirfs. And I know it's not sexy, and I know fans want Henry Ruggs, and they're, they covet Henry Ruggs, and I totally understand it. And if he does end up being the pick, I'm going to be right there with you to go, let's go Ruggs, and talking about how great he's going to be in this offense and what he can do for Locke and what he can do for Sutton. But my money right now would be on Tristan Wirfs because I think the Broncos can get a close to similar level impact wide receiver early day two. Even if they trade a third round pick to move up and grab somebody, I think that can be done, Zach. But what's your answer for Mark? You know, I was going to give my unrealistic picks for the first round. I wasn't actually going to include Tristan Wirfs because I don't think he's going to make it out of the top 10. He's among the safest picks in this entire draft class. I'd love to have him. But in terms of realism, C.D. Lamb, no matter what, Henry Ruggs, no matter what, Jerry Judy, no matter what, the Broncos come away with one of the big three wide receivers in the first round at 15, preferably, I'm a happy camper. If they can get a top offensive lineman, a top tackle at 15, I'm a happy camper. So offensive line, quarterback, excuse me, quarterback, wide receiver. I've been saying it for months now. I maintain that. I will maintain that. It has to be the first-round pick. Christian wants to know on YouTube, is what Mike Kliss reported the other day a smokescreen? And by that, for those of you who might have missed it or you're not sure, I'm assuming, Christian, you're talking about the report. Not even a report. It was him kind of talking about, don't be surprised if this happens or here's what I think should happen. And he was talking about the Broncos using some of their third-round draft um, – you know, they got three right now sitting in the third round, those assets to move up and make a, an additional selection between pick 46 and pick 15. Was that a smokescreen? I'm inclined to believe that yes, but I'm not going to put it completely off the reservation, Zach, because the Broncos made a similar trade last year moving up to grab Drew Locke. Well said, Chad. I definitely agree with that. I think this was way more of a smokescreen than the Broncos' interest in wide receivers are this offseason. Some fans believe that their interest in Henry Ruggs is a smokescreen, that they're being, de- uh, you know, they're deceiving the rest of the NFL. I think that's genuine, but I think what they fed Cliss being the mouthpiece of the team, I think there's some veracity to it, but I think there's some gamesmanship to it as well. They want other teams to believe they're going to be active, maybe to either have a team jump behind them, in front of them, or to get a pick and, and look for a trade partner i believe it's possible but if there's one smoke screen that they've been feeding the media i think that to Cliss was a bigger smoke screen jd on facebook we can't neglect our awesome audience on facebook jumps in he says hey guys i was watching a mock draft on youtube this morning uh, who was it through i'm curious jd and it had the saints trading their first round pick this year and next year to the broncos for pick 15 if you were elway would you pull the trigger on the deal where are the Saints picking right now? Right. I know the, that was my question. I want to say 27, something like that, uh, 2020 draft order. But let's just say it's in the mid to late um, mm. 20s. Is that a You get two first round picks next year right. for the privilege, and you're still picking in the first round this year. I would, I would make that trade if I were Elway, to be honest with you. I think I would if it's the 27. You can still grab Cushionberry. You might still grab, you know, Mims or, or another receiver in the first round. And a first-round pick is hard to turn down, Chad. If it was a future second-round or third-round pick, I'd say no. But a first-round pick, the Saints might not even be that great this year. It's Drew Brees' final season. You never know what could happen. They might be due for a collapse soon. So I'd probably end up taking that trade if that was me. 
by the way, it was they're picking 24th this oh, year. Oh, yeah. So you're yeah. not and that's even better, right? Yeah. You're you're a little bit closer to someone you really like falling to you. I mean, the Broncos traded from 10 to 20 last year and still got Noah freaking Fant at pick 20. Now, if they were at 24 last year, they probably would have missed out on Fant, but nevertheless, there's still gonna be some good players in that neck of the woods in the draft. King Hicks jumps in with a five dollar super. Appreciate you, King Thank Hicks. You. you are the man. He says, This is the point of the question that I asked a few days ago. Why are we not getting respect? We have some of the best coaches in the league. That's right. I remember you bringing that up. You know, again, just to play devil's advocate on this, because anyone who's read my articles on these subjects these last week or so know that it really irritates me because I feel like people aren't are missing the forest for the trees in many ways. However, if I try and put myself in, in their shoes a little bit and try and rationalize, we're talking about a team that's coming off of not only four years of missing the playoffs, Zach, but three consecutive losing seasons. All right. So you you just drop off the map in people's estimation until you give them a reason to refocus on you. My contention is that that five-game stretch from Drew Locke should have been the reason why national people refocused on the Broncos and said, what's going on here? But I'm just not seeing it. Even Ventress in that power ranking, she mentions that the, that he won four of his five starts and then completely dismisses it, that it's meaningful in any way, shape, or form. That's a good point you bring up, Chad. And you know what I'll say that, it, you know, it's it's unfair that, that the national media writes off the Broncos. It's unfair that they have an ax to grind. It's unfair that they're still kind of largely irrelevant in the outsider's eyes. But I will say this, that respect is earned. It's not given. Like I said, until they start winning on the field and flipping the narrative themselves, they're not going to get the respect from the outside media. And they shouldn't be looking to that for their motivation, Chad. They shouldn't be looking to feed off that. They need to have internal motivation and to say, listen, it's us against the world. Let's take them down. Let's show them what we're capable of. And I feel like they thrive in that setting, in that scenario, not so much being the, the favorites. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Good point. David jumping in with a $20 super wild. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. That's By awesome. the way, David, if you're on Twitter, let me know what your handle is because I tag everyone after the show on Twitter as a shout out and a thank you. 
but I never tag you on Twitter as a handle because I don't know your handle. So put it in the stream or reach out to me, send me an email, milehighhuddle at Gmail or reach out on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, let me know what your handle is. But thank you for that super buddy. He says, with the NFL draft format, the way it will go, do you guys think that trades will be harder than normal? Uh, thus, not as many trades in this draft, Garden City, Kansas. Oh, you're, you're in the heart of enemy territory there, David. So more power to you and props. What do you think, Zach? Do you think this is going to affect the uh, communication lines and being able to swap and make deals? I think that GMs are so well-versed with each other, Chad. They talk to the combine. They talk informally. Everyone has each other's contact information. I don't think this virtual format of the draft is going to impact trades. I even happen to think there's going to be more trades than usual this year. It's just such a an unknown. It's such a crapshoot, this draft class, especially with having no tr- pre-draft process, no visits. I think teams will trade up and ensure and, and secure the prospects who they are most in love with, the prospects they feel safest with. So I would tend to believe there's going to be more trades than usual, not less. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, but uh, we'll see how it comes out in the wash. Jake jumps in, $5 super. Appreciate that, Jake. Also, same message to you because you've been quite consistent on on Super Chat. And so I always type your name out on Twitter, but I'm not able to tag you because I don't know your Twitter handle. So let me know what it is so that can be remedied. He jumps in and says, I know a lot of TV analysts like Cowherd and Sims, Chris Sims, have us in their uh, top 15. I believe we're a nine plus win team getting us over 500, hopefully. Yeah, I mean. Zach and I, we're thinking nine. Nine wins should be the over-under. Now, Vegas sees it as seven and a half. But I think it's going to end up being closer to nine. You know, it's hard. It's a little bit hard to fully and objectively rank in terms of power rankings a team before the draft because the draft, I mean, just look at this Broncos team these last two years. Imagine, for example, the Case Keenum-led Broncos without that 2018 rookie class. Oh, my goodness. And then even last year. Imagine this team without the contributions from the likes of uh, Dalton Reisner, Drew Locke, Noah Fan. I mean, it's we're talking about a, a, the season potentially taking on a completely different complexion. That's how vital and impactful a, a draft class can be. So, and especially 2018, even though he wasn't drafted, Philip Lindsay, that team was horrendous, finishing six and ten. Vance Joseph got the boot. But if Philip Lindsay is not on this team in 2018, that's a three-win team, maybe. That's a three-win team, maybe. So that's how important it can be. You know what? Nine and seven should be the absolute baseline, Chad. I'm not settling for mediocrity. I'm sick of mediocrity. I don't want eight and eight. I don't want to break even. I don't want just a winning record. I want to make the playoffs. I want to win a title. I want to go deep into January. I want to put myself back on the NFL map. Nine and seven should be – they went seven and nine last year with three different quarterbacks, and Locke went four and one. There's no reason why the Broncos can't win at a minimum nine games this year. There's no reason why at a maximum they can't win 11 or 12 games if things break right eight and eight shouldn't be the baseline nine and seven is the bare minimum and anything other than that should be just acceptable but it's not the ideal they can't just uh be happy with getting to eight and eight or nine and seven this is a proud franchise this is a championship caliber franchise or they once were they have to get back into that mindset do not settle push all the way larry jumping in with a two dollar super appreciate you larry We are a wide receiver, too, and a cornerback, too, away from being a 10-win team. And I don't think that analysis is too far off the the I don't either. I'm not, not, you know, I really don't think that's an orange-colored glasses perspective because, Zach, you just kind of touched on it in that last remark, but 
seven wins. Yes, it took Drew Locke to get four of them being part of the equation. But think of the week two loss to the Bears. That could have been your eighth win. Think of the week four loss to the Jaguars. That could have been your ninth win. We could even the indie game, there's 10 wins. I mean, they were on the razor's edge of being a competitive team last year. And that's with us seeing how outmatched they were quarterback until they got Drew Locke and some of the holes on this team, most of which were due to the injury bug. But nevertheless, that's how close they were. And of course, close doesn't cut it. This is a results based uh, business and it's the ultimate meritocracy. So this time, when they come into those walking the razor's edge, zero margin for error type of game, Zach, they're going to have to be the ones to find a way to come out on top. But having the guy, the right guy at quarterback, continuing to stock the shelves on the offense. And as Larry says, grabbing another competent impact corner could be the difference. I will venture and I will say that Broncos need a couple offensive linemen as well, Chad. I'd feel better if they had a center and a couple tackles in place. Then you had a cornerback and a wide receiver too. There's no reason why this can't be a playoff team. And I – I just think that should be the expectation. If the Broncos went 7-9 and nine last year, it wasn't just with Locke winning four games. They also had Vic Fangio's defense missing Bradley Chubb, missing Bryce Callahan, uh, missing Kareem Jackson for spurts, injuries all over the place. Von Miller wasn't himself. You're getting the year two of Vic Fangio. You're getting all those players back. You have a better offense. There is no reason why, if things break as we should, they cannot be a double-digit win team. That is my expectation. Flynn jumping in on Facebook saying, new to the pod, been watching for about a month. Well, welcome to the manger, my friend. Thanks, I would man. love to see us get Henry Ruggs. His speed and playmaking ability will let us compete with Kansas City. If the top three wide receivers aren't there, what do you think about Mims? Mims is a very nice kind of consolation prize if you do miss out. There are some drawbacks. I would suggest you guys go to milehighhuddle.com and search for Eric Trickle's Finding Broncos scouting report and breakdown. On Mims, there's a lot to like. There are a little bit more flaws and blemishes on his overall game at this stage than those top three guys. But nevertheless, he's a four three high four threes runner that could, and he's at six three, so height, weight, speed. He's a guy that you can make a lot of hay with, but he's not going to hit the ground running quite as quickly as those other three. I would say Denzel Mims is my wide receiver four over Justin Jefferson, but I just don't like Mims at 15. I I would be okay if the Broncos traded down like that Saints trade or traded to the mid-20s and then drafted Mims. I'd love him in the second round, even though he probably won't last that far. I'm just not crazy about taking him to 15. Fortunately, though, I do feel the Broncos will have one of those top receivers fall into their lap, so we won't have to worry about this come April 23rd. Well, I mean, today we were going to do the mock draft roundup because it is Sunday and that's what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. And we could still get to some of that. I've compiled the information and put stuff that we can use on the screen. But most of them, it's everyone picking rugs. I mean, just to run through it really quick. And John, I appreciate you, my friend. I hope everything's going okay. Speaking of Super Chat superstars, John, I know things got a little sketchy on your side of, of things and I hope things are stabilized and just know that we're thinking of you. And if there's anything we can do on that, let us know. Appreciate that super, my friend. Thank you. But I compiled from the main, um, you know, credible, noteworthy mobsters out there, okay? The SIs, the CBSs, the NBCs, the Bleacher Report. I mean, Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. And without, with two exceptions, it's it was all Henry Ruggs last week. Everyone's picking Henry Ruggs. What is encouraging about that to me, if you're a person out there pining for Ruggs, is that they're seeing a lot of the same things unfold ahead of the Broncos that Lance 
Henry Ruggs there so consistently at 15. So if you're pining for Ruggs, that's encouraging. But just keep in mind that the draft is an organic, living, breathing thing. There's no, and it's completely unpredictable. And until the gun sounds and the draft begins, you just don't ever know how it's really going to shake out. A lot of weird things can happen, by the way. And again, John, appreciate you, my friend. Josh jumping in with a $5 super. Appreciate you, Josh. Hey, guys, been a while, but I think we're not getting any hype because we just haven't been exciting in, a, in such a long time. There's some truth to that, and it's it's easy to understand some of these national guys. You know, they, uh, they're just going off of what they're seeing in the standings and on ESPN highlights Sunday night. They're not really paying attention because why would they? They're a sub-500 team. They're, but, again, that's why I bring it back to Drew Locke's final five games, Zach. There was enough there that it should have garnered the attention – and a closer scrutiny of this team from those national guys, even at 10,000 feet. I feel like even in 2018, when Philip Lindsay was making all those game changing and game breaking plays, more people were, were had their eyes on the Broncos and they they weren't exciting last year. They were slow footed with Joe Flacco. They took a while to get under uh, Drew Locke's leadership and playing better football. And it, there's some truth to that exciting comment. People love watching the Bucks last year. They were a losing product, but Jameis Winston was just fun to watch and throwing interceptions every other pass, it seemed like. When the Broncos, again, I don't care about excitement. I don't care other people's opinions. When they start winning, every single person will want to board the Drew Locke bandwagon. And I just hope the Broncos have enough pride and sense of themselves to be like, you know what, you weren't with us when we were losing. We don't want you now when we're winning. Justin jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate that, Justin. That means a lot to us, my friend. Cody says, hey, can we get some MHH ties? So, Eric, uh, if so, Eric definitely gets the first one. Eric looking spiffy and professional, got his his tie on, which is great. We'll have to look with our um, back-end provider and see if that's an option, my friend. Um, Dennis jumping in, $5 super. Thank you, Dennis. Hashtag state of being from Michigan. Cool to know. Very cool. Realistically. Will any of the three blue chip wideouts be there at 15 or will we have to move up to get one of them? Dennis, the only way to guarantee it is to move up. But that's that was my point when we talked about the mock draft roundup from this past week. I mean, I could go through and put all the graphics on the screen and whatnot. But honestly, with the exception of Javon Kinlaw, one selection for Kinlaw and one selection for C.J. Henderson, it was rugs across the board. And what that tells me is that the way draft Knicks that are really plugged in are seeing this thing unfold and what they're hearing – is that the teams ahead of the Broncos are making picks that are going to be favorable in terms of dropping at least one of those guys to 15. Will it happen? Only time will tell. I think it's a, I would say it's a 50, 50 chance that one of them, Zach will be there at 15, which one it is beats me. Chad, you said it best a, a few minutes ago. It's such a crapshoot. You never really know. And even the teams themselves don't know. The prospects themselves don't know where they're going to end up until that pick is actually turned in. Uh, you can't, put a realistic scenario together in a totally unrealistic uh, vacuum. So I'll just say that there is a really good chance, I believe and Chad believes, and I think most people believe, that one of the big three wide receivers will fall to the Broncos at 15. Every draft, there's always that prospect. There's always that mystery guy who sinks. There's always that surprise pick in the top five picks or so. But I believe with the run on quarterbacks this year, offensive linemen, maybe cornerbacks, you're going to see one of the big three wide receivers fall to 15, and the Broncos will not have to trade him. Anthony Baldelli jumping in with a $5 super. Appreciate you, Anthony. And I think I found you on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it's you. If not, let me know what your Twitter handle is because I've been tagging somebody named Anthony Baldelli on Twitter the last couple weeks. But anyway, appreciate that super, bro. He says, 
if we come out of left field like the Titans did last season in terms of making the playoffs, everyone is going to jump on the bandwagon, Zach. They're going to jump on, but then you still have the detractors who say, oh, it's just like the the Titans detractors say, oh, it's a fluke. It was Tannehill's one little 15 minutes of fame. It was, uh, it's never going to be happening again. But you know what? Again, if the Broncos go 10 and six and those comments are being made, I don't care because you know the truth. Chad knows the truth. I know the truth. And the Broncos know what they have in Drew Locke at that point. So regardless, do not worry about what any critic or pro outside supporter is saying right now. It's the Broncos' final decision they make on themselves. It's the Broncos' influence they have on themselves. They put it together on the field. That's the only important deciding factor. Appreciate you, Larry. That means a lot to us, my brother. Josh jumps back in, $2 super, saying, Travis Kelsey always kills us. That he does. Kills everyone. He does. He kills everyone. You can't stop him, especially a chicken combo like Kelsey and uh, Patrick Mahomes. All you can do is try to limit them. And I think the Broncos did about as good a job as you could hope with the personnel they had last year in terms of limiting those guys. And it wasn't pretty, at least in one of those games, especially Kelsey went off the chain. But Fangio kept the tight end mostly buttoned down last year in terms of tradition. You know, the last five years leading up to that, Tight ends, we got tired of talking about it on this podcast, for example, how bad tight ends were just traditionally kill the Broncos. So there is reason to believe that things are beginning to turn in that sense, Zach. But, you know, that's why in a perfect world they do come away with an athletic cover type of linebacker, even if it takes a little time to get them to marinate under Fangio's wing. I keep saying it that it's not just exclusive to the Broncos. I mean, I know they've had tight end woes over the years, but Travis Kelsey is the new, uh, the top tight end in the league. He's the standard. He's going to kill a lot of teams. And I think the Broncos have an advantage where not just familiarity facing the Chiefs twice a year, they have the horses and they have the defensive scheme in place with Fangio to limit Kelsey, to contain Kelsey, to force Mahomes to go to another target like Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins. They are always going to have Points on the board, yards on the board. It's just a matter of scoring more than them and doing more than them at the end of the day. Flippant Boots jumps in with the $2 super. Appreciate you, my, you. my brother. Jeremy Chin talking about the safety. Um, I, we are both admirers of Jeremy Chin. I love him in the third. I could live with him in the second if I had to, depending on what you did in the first. But third round, he is the ideal place, in my opinion, to get Jeremy Chin. The only real questions with him are level of competition concerns. But honestly, when it comes to that type of a concern, it really boils down to what's in the heart in terms of his motor and his want and his competitiveness. And as a nephew of Steve Atwater, I just don't think that that's an intangible trait you really have to worry about with him, Zach. I agree, Chad. Well said. I, I would not I'd not be crazy about Chin in the second round. The Broncos just need to address the offense in the first two rounds, but I could live with it in the third round for sure. This is one of my favorite safety prospects in the entire class. The pedigree is there. The athleticism is there. The talent's there. And a Vic Fangio scheme, Chad, to be the third safety behind Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, it'd be insane, lethal. All right. I want to grab Jeff here. But I got to check something real quick, Zach, because the comment stream I just realized passed by unbelievable. Oh, wait, did it? Hold on. Yeah. What the heck? Why didn't I? That is so weird. It passed him by. Our friend Dale jumped in with an extremely, extremely generous super chat. And I want to grab that next. Let's grab Jeff first here. He says, 
jumping in with a $5 secret. Thank you, Jeff. You guys think the Broncos still draft a running back? I think Freeman is a weak link on the team. Wouldn't mind. Wait, we already grabbed that one. (laughs) So why isn't it letting me – this thing's being screwy today. What the heck? So let me do this real quick because, you know, I – how much it bothers me not being able to show the super chat card. But in this case, we can't, Zach, let such a show of generosity um, pass by here. So let me grab our friend Dale, who is uh, in Hawaii. In fact, I'm going to cut this off a little bit so we can get all of his super chat. And, oh, let's see, Casey, and what did it cut off? Hold on, bear with me, guys. I'm going to have to read some of it. So – Dale jumping in from wow nine six seven three four across the pond, if you will, still in America, of course, Hawaii, with a massive hundred dollar super. Thank you, Dale. That's insane. Thank you so much. That means a lot to us, especially right now. And um, it's been a while since we talked to you. It's good to see you, bro. It's good to good to talk to you. Says Zach is fired up, starting to think top three wide receivers will not be there. At 15, if the Broncos stay at 15, that is. Chiefs are the team to beat. Who is the player that is greatest help against Casey? And here's where it cuts off. I can't show the whole thing. I'll just read it. Um, Who is the player that is the greatest help against Casey and why? Or do you trade down to get coverage linebackers and extra picks for draft flexibility? What's your answer there, Zach? I'm not big. And first of all, Dale, thank you so much again. That is unbelievably amazing. I mean, no words can describe how thankful Chad and I are. So again, we definitely appreciate it. I'm not huge. I've been saying this on every single pod almost. I'm not huge in this draft class on moving back and and stockpiling picks. The Broncos have already too many draft picks, more than they know what to do with. They already have 10, three third rounders. I think if anything, they're going to use some of those to move up. I don't think they make all 10 draft picks. I don't think they make all three third round draft picks. So my answer is go up and get your guy if you love him. If not, stay put and let the board fall to you. This is the year where I think you have to be aggressive, not passive. I would not trade back. Yeah, I wouldn't either. In terms of the player, I mean, it just depends on the situation I and the compensation, honestly, in terms of trading back. It's just like that Saints example that J.D. talked about on Facebook earlier in this podcast. If it's the right compensation, yeah, I'm going to consider moving back. But it also depends on what I'm risking in terms of the guys I want. And if they're within striking distance now, do I think they'll be there then? So there are a lot of different moving parts that you really have to factor in in the split moment. But generally speaking, I think staying at 15, the Broncos can get a blue chip guy that can help them against Kansas City. And even if it ends up being a Tristan Wirfs, as an example, you guys know how I feel about that. You know, he's not a guy that you have to bench anybody to get him on the field. Initially, you could play him at right guard and put Graham Glasgow at center, and you just put together one of the, at least on paper, more impressive starting five units in the NFL. And if that's not going to help you against KC, I mean, look, you get someone like him in the first round, you get a Denzel Mims, a Jefferson, a Jalen Rager in round two, or you even wait and see if you can get uh, LaVisca Chenault in round three, something like that. There's a lot of options in this draft in terms of wide receiver help. But I think those are the two things. It comes down to Zach fighting fire with fire when it comes to the Chiefs. You've got to be able to put up points. Bolstering the O-line and getting you that weapon, that additional wide receiver too, is I think the shortest path to doing just that. 
Very well said, Chad. And yeah, it's not just about getting that wide receiver. And Wirfs is one of the few prospects I would actually take over a top wide receiver. You have to help the offensive line out. It's just as important, if not more important, than getting that wide receiver. because It's not going to matter who's lining up if Drew Locke is going to be running around or on his back. He has to be protected. And that's why I keep saying the first two draft picks the Broncos make have to be devoted to their offense. They have to be devoted to helping out Drew Locke. You're going to fight fire with fire. You're going to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, not on defense, but with offense. And that happens from the trenches outward, from the offensive line to the wide receiver core. Worfs, great pick, or wide receiver, great pick, but it has to be offense in round one. All right, let's grab Jeff, who uh, we can't show the super card, but he jumped in again with a $2 super. Appreciate Thank you, bro. Could we see San Fran become like the Rams, one and done? Yeah, I think there's – I don't know how you could not look. I mean, there's a lot of talent on both sides of that, you know, the ball in that with that team, but they did come from literally, they literally were a worst to first team. And you have to wonder how much of it could be fool's gold. I think a lot of it comes down to your belief in your evaluation in Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you think he's the truth? I'm still, I have my misgivings on that topic. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did have a one and done type, uh, you know, appearance in the playoffs. Well, the Super Bowl anyway, for sure, but in the playoffs as well. I think the Niners come crashing back down to earth this season, but not to the extent that the Rams did. I think they're in better shape. They have a better roster, I believe, a better coaching staff with Kyle Shanahan and Robert Salah, and uh, I think just a better system in place. I would take Jimmy G. I'm not his biggest fan in the world, Chad, but I would take Jimmy G, Jimmy G over Jared Goff. I don't think that's a, a decision that anyone would uh, refute. I think he's a better quarterback. They are still going to have a solid scheme in place, a solid system in place, but they're not going to catch the teams by surprise anymore with this power running game and this swarming defense. A lot like the Titans last year, they fall back down to earth just a little bit. They're also not in cap hell. One, one more point. They're also not in cap hell like the Rams are as well. So they've been managing their team better in that sense as well. Josh jumps back in a $2 super. Thank you, he Josh. says uh, CD lamb plus Cortland plus or equals DT and Eric Decker. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it gives you that profile type of, you know, arguably during their, that, what was it? The two years they had together with Peyton 12 and 13. Cause 14, no, they had three years together with Peyton 2012, 13 and 14. And then Decker left for New York. So, and then it was Wes Welker came in 13, 14. All right. That was a high profile, and at that time, I think you could argue in terms of an X and a Z wide receiver, the preeminent duo in the NFL, at least from a production standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you can get a C.D. Lamb, which, as you guys know, is my personal favorite wideout in this class, you're, you're approaching that same profile level of, of a wideout duo. I think they can be better, though. I think Cortland Sutton is a better overall prospect than Demarius Thomas was. I just I think he has more to his game. I think he's a little faster. I like his hands better. And I think CeeDee Lamb will have a better career than Eric Decker had. Great receiver and all, but, you know, not overly a Hall of Fame caliber talent. But you put Henry Ruggs on this team with Cortland Sutton, that could be Tyreek Hill and Calvin Johnson. That's what I'm signing up for, Chad. Amen to that. Eric Decker forever will be remembered for his bouts with the turf monster, always getting tackled by the turf monster. Uh, Glenn jumping in $5 super, one of our superstars. Thank you, Glenn. He says, I was reading about Jarrell Casey and not only is he amazing on the field, we got him for a seventh round pick. He and his wife are incredible in the community with hospitals, hashtag state of being. That's true. He's a, he's a high quality 
addition to this club, not just from what he does on the field, but in the community. And I've read a lot of those press releases that the Broncos have sent us, and he is a unique NFL player in that sense, Zach. Good player, even better person. A five-time pro bowler who's still out there in the community and still humble. And uh, he was so fired up, Chad. Admittedly, when he was traded to the Broncos, he said he can't wait to get out there. He showed a lot of respect to Von Miller, to Bradley Chubb. He showed respect to the Titans for his career there. Just a great individual and a great pickup for the Broncos who's going to help them in various ways. All right, let's grab Ron, one of our super uh, superstars on Super Chat. It cuts off his question here, so I'll read that last little bit. But he jumps in with a $10 super. Appreciate you, brother. Happy Easter to you as well. Which player would you risk your draft capital for in the premium rounds? No future first round picks, only second and third round picks. Also, do you think Vaughn will lead? Sorry, let me go back. Uh, lead the league in sacks this year. All right, so that first question. Simmons. <laughs> Simmons or Okuda. And we know the Broncos love Okuda. This is a this is real. They the the one game that Elway scouted in person to OSU uh last year, Ohio State, was mainly to get an up close look at Okuda. So, you know, you didn't know where you were going to end up in the draft order and whatnot. You don't know how close you're going to be to the top at that point in the season. Okuda's out of reach, so, and so is Simmons. But if I could package a little second and third round action to move up, I would consider it for those two. It would still depend exactly on what the compensation is, though, for me. And, no, I don't think Vaughn's going to lead the league in sacks. I, I think that's honestly uh, just one of those ships that that is going to forever sail on Vaughn. He's going to achieve a Hall of Fame. He's He brought home a world championship for this team. He's done a million great things. But for whatever reason, I, that's just – that and Defensive Player of the Year are the two distinguishing – you know, accolades that have eluded him and he's on the wrong side of 30. So it's one of those best predictor of future behavior being past behavior things. It's unlikely in my opinion to happen, but that doesn't mean he can't continue to still be a dominant pass rusher, but pacing the league, I think he has it in him, but I'm just not counting on it. I'm with you on that. I think there's a better chance he leads the Broncos in sacks, but the league, I'm not too sure about that. And in terms of drafting or trading up for anyone, I wouldn't. There's not one player, Simmons included, I would sell the farm for in this draft class, Chad, but I would consider moving up and moving some of those third round picks for Jeffrey Simmons. He, I mean, Isaiah Simmons, he's the only one in this draft class that I would move up for. He would just be a phenomenal addition to this defense. But Henry Ruggs, the wide receivers, I'd let them fall to the Broncos. I would not. Uh, my first inclination is not to move up to the top 10 and give up those third round picks initially. John Katie jumping in with a $10 super. I got a new name that I don't recognize. So welcome in John. And we really appreciate that. If you're on Twitter, let me know so that we can tag you after the show. Appreciate that. He says from Western New York. Wow. Keep up the great work guys. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, my brother. That means a lot to us and, Shows again, Broncos country is a state of being, baby. Doesn't matter where you're at in this world. All right. Um, We got a rapid fire. We're getting a little bit close to the quick here, Zach. So let's rapid fire. We don't want to leave any of our superstars out in the cold. So let me jump down here and grab Larry. $5 super. Thanks, Larry. You know, we appreciate you. He says, if we don't move in the draft and somehow Judy and Ruggs are there at 15, who's the better fit for us? Larry, this is one of those beauty being in the eyes of the beholder thing. I mean, guys like Eric Trickle would answer rugs hands down, and they he could be 100% right in terms of he thinks of the big three, Judy's probably the least best fit for this team. I've kind of waffled on this 
in terms of those two players. But honestly, I think Ruggs probably checks more of the boxes that your offense really needs right now. So I would err on the side of Ruggs that. It's subjective, like every other opinion in this draft class on the wide receivers. I'll say again that I think Judy has the higher floor, but Ruggs has the higher ceiling. So it's all what you want. You want instant production now, or do you want production that can pay off for years to come? I'm a bigger Ruggs fan than Judy, but I'm not going to cry if Judy's the pick. Absolutely not. Michelle Parker jumps in. $5 super chat. Appreciate you. Also, let me know if you are on Twitter so we can tag you after the show. Uh, I am really offended by the lack of respect for my Broncos. Hey, and that's the the silver lining is let them sleep. And the Broncos will be feeding off it. It's just bulletin board material for this team. Every article we publish where we're firing back and saying, wait a minute, you're ranking Drew Locke 29th best quarterback in this league. Let's, Let's examine your logic here. Those type of articles, they're used in the locker room as bulletin board material. They're talked about in team meetings. And it can really fire up and have an effect on teams. And so that's what I think you're going to see happen. Zach's talked a lot about that in today's pod as well. Uh, Anthony, I know yours, my brother. I know yours. I know. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I just got to remember to connect those names. That's right. I know you, my friend. I know you. Appreciate that super again too, buddy. Uh, All right. Let me see what we're missing out here, guys. We got to wrap this up here really soon, unfortunately. I think that's it. I think I, I think we're caught up. Let me just double check that. And while I'm doing that, um, Billy, you have to be you have to be watching the show live on YouTube if you want to participate in super chat. So if that's something you are interested in doing, and again, don't ex- we don't expect you to do that. You got to watch live on YouTube. So subscribe to Mile Handle on YouTube and. Click the notification bell, and then you'll be notified every time we go live, and it's bada-bing, bada-bang, pretty easy and intuitive. All right, let me see here, guys. I want to let's say hi to Christy joining us here. Good to see you. Happy Easter to you as well. Billy Ray, yes, we do, my friend. Yep. Yes, we do. Uh, we've grabbed a few today from Facebook, in fact. Let's grab No Fly Zone, though, from YouTube. Zach, if you will grab this a yeah. comment, it's more of a comment. I'm going to double check super on YouTube, make sure we didn't miss anybody. Yeah, no fly zone says if we draft anyone on defense in the first round, Isaiah Simmons could help take out the Chiefs, especially eliminate Travis Kelsey, but I want Henry Ruggs. I, I am completely right there with you. I think the, I, Simmons in this defense, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you put him with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and the rest, it would be better on paper than the Super Bowl 50 defense with Vic Fangio. I'm right there with you as well. We all have our preferences. Mine is Henry Ruggs. It would take this offense to a new level. It would enable the Broncos to, if not beat the Chiefs and at least match points with the Chiefs and then go from there, provide solid development for Drew Locke going forward. There's nothing to hate about Henry Ruggs on the Broncos. He is not going to be a bust. He's not the next John Ross. He's the next Tyree Kill. And that's exciting to consider for Denver. Well said. Chrissy says, thanks, guys. I've been busy, but had to check in, make sure y'all are good tonight. Thanks, Zach and Chad, you guys. Always amazing. Appreciate that, Christy. Happy Easter. Liberal hater jumping in at the last moment, the 11th hour with a big super. Appreciate that, my friend. That's awesome. Thank you. Like that handle as well. Did I just out myself? I don't know. Maybe I did. Doubtful. One of the big three will be there as, uh, as far as receivers. Doubtful that one of the big three will be there. I th- I don't know, dude. I think one of them, there's a good chance one of them will be there. Would y'all prefer a corner, though? If, let's say, they're all gone at, at 15, Zach, would you prefer a corner or offensive line? 
If uh, I say offensive line, but if nobody's there, trade back. I prefer offense. Before I say that, it just depends on who's there. I mean, if it's Tristan Wirfs, if it's a difference between, for example, Zach, Tristan Wirfs or Jeff Gladney, I'm erring on the side of Tristan Wirfs. If it's the difference between Andrew Thomas and Jeff Gladney or C.J. Henderson even, I'm probably erring on the side of cornerback. So it does end up on rankings and how you view these guys on the big board. You want to take the best player available. You want to take the best player available at a position of need. You want to try and make sure those two things line up. I can see that. I'm not disputing the fact that Broncos need a cornerback. If Thomas is there, though, I think I'd still take him. I'm just that dead set on solidifying Drew Locke's uh, supporting cast and his protection. They need a tackle behind Garrett Bowles, Juwan James. Thomas is among the better tackles in a top-heavy draft class, Chad. So I would consider cornerback if all the offensive linemen are off the board, if all the top receivers are off the board. But if Thomas is there, I'm still probably leaning in that direction. Nad Ludlow jumping in as well on the way out. $2 super. Appreciate you, my friend. By the way, are you on Twitter? Because I'm always typing your name. I can never find you if you are on Twitter. So it'd be good to know your handle, my brother, so we can start tagging you as well. Uh, All right. Let's see. Make sure I'm not missing anybody here. Matthew, we try to keep it positive. We're going to tell you the truth the way we really see it, but we definitely try to keep it positive and optimistic on All fronts. You guys know that. But guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. And thank you for your patience, our delay. You know, as you guys know, these last, you know, six weeks or so, we've really tried to be a lot sharper on our uh, punctuality at quarter after six um, than we were for a minute there. But every once in a blue moon, the, uh, you know, internet gods throw us a curveball and we got to try and swing and hit that sucker and that delayed us a little bit today. But also a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. Big shout out to all of you. Thank you so much. Again, we'll be tagging you on Twitter after the fact, so look for that. But guys, we're going to be back in the saddle tomorrow night. In the meantime, make sure you are following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, and then also make sure you're following the main account at Mile High Huddle. That way you miss nothing in terms of the podcast and you miss nothing in terms of breaking Broncos news and analysis as it comes out. And then while you're at it, make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then stay tuned guys. Cause again, we will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, same time, six fifteen mountain, eight fifteen Eastern. Then we'll be off Tuesday. Nick and Carl building the Broncos will be on. Then we'll be back on Wednesday night and we'll have a segment with Brandon Perna It'll be a fun little shindig that we can all look forward to. So until then, though, guys, we'll see you again tomorrow night. For Zach, Zach, have a great night, my brother. Great start to your week. Too as well. I apologize again for the uh, technical difficulties tonight. Hopefully I came in clear. Let me know in the comments if I came in okay. If I was, uh, Hopefully I'll have the microphone fixed tomorrow night, but just glad that we were able to chat with us tonight, Chad. Where there's a will, there's a way. That's baby. And uh, if it wasn't for our audience and the onus of expectation, maybe we make excuses and we find we delay this pod. But no, we, we cut through and found a solution. And here we are. So for Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.